Hello, podcasters. Welcome to season seven, episode three of Jeff's Podcast Academy. I'm Jeffrey, your host and the founder of JB Digitally, a micro content creation business who helps podcasters in their content creation. In today's episode, we have with us Dylan, aka Digital Podcaster. So we will be talking about two forty plus tools where most of them are free and easy to use. I am still trying to finish the list. Uh, it's 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 really long and it's around twenty five pages. And I have given the link in the description as well, so that you guys can go and check it out. But Dylan, I still haven't figured out what you exactly do. I mean, you have been into the podcasting field for so long, so I really want to you know hear from the master himself. So once again, Dylan, welcome to Just Podcast Academy. So please tell a little bit about yourself and how your podcasting journey started. Hey Jeff, yeah, thanks for having me on. So yeah, I feel like it's been a long road to get me to here to talk to you today. <laughs> it's been a long journey, and yeah, um, yeah I started. I started uh, back in like school, and do they do middle school where you are? Is it called middle school? Like, yeah, uh, nursery, yeah. primary, middle, high. Yeah, yeah. In middle school, I would like play in bands, and I always had an interest in music, and that stuck throughout high school. And then I was like, "How can I make money with this?" So the next step seemed uh, audio engineering. So I went to school for audio engineering and audio production, and uh, that was fun. Worked in the audio industry. This was like uh, 2010, around 2008, nine. And mm-hmm. then started getting into some marketing things because I realized like you can't just work in a studio all day. You got to learn how to get people in the studio. And also when it came to like marketing bands, like what makes a band successful other than their sound? Because yeah. you can make an awesome sounding band, but if no one hears it, then the band is not going to be able to sustain itself. Mm-hmm. So I got into marketing and so it was really like audio and marketing. And those two things were very separate for a, a number of years. And then um, about six, a little over six years ago, it kind of hit me like, oh, podcasting is right in the middle of the Venn diagram of, of audio and marketing and right there. So I started um, helping people with podcasts because what came easy to me, I realized wasn't as easy to other people. Mm-hmm. So I started helping people with podcasts and it just started making more and more sense. And then I've done a lot of behind the scenes work for years with companies, entrepreneurs, other creators. And then a couple months ago, it hit me uh, for years. People have said like, why don't you do your own thing? You know, do what you yeah. do for other people, but do it for yourself. Yeah. And I'm a slow learner, Jeff, like very slow. Um, and so it took me a lot of years to get to this point where it just made sense. Finally, one day I woke up, I go, this is it. This is exactly what I, it's all coming (laughs) together. I tried like 300 names and then digital podcaster was available Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this is it. So it all just fell into place. Um, It just took forever to fall into place. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of awesome. I mean, uh, you know, when people say this digital word, mostly us Indians, we kind of resonate with only digital marketing because every single digital marketer, if you see on Instagram, especially if you if it's an Indian guy, he will definitely have the word digital in his Instagram handle for sure. Even I started, even my own startup's name is JB Digitally. I mean, like digital is there yeah. itself. So yeah, it's kind of interesting when it's digital into podcasting is there. I mean, like it kind of a different phase when, you know, people from our side kind of see that. So yeah, that's- Yeah, that's, I noticed that. 
like yeah. recently, like I was looking on like I'll know digital and I'll think it's me because I'll see the name. And that is like a common name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like digital something. Yeah, yeah. Digital exactly. Jeffrey could be anything. <laughs> digital microphone, like whatever. Um, yeah, it's kind of I didn't like know it. that was so taken. Like I haven't I hadn't seen that before, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Like, hmm. I, I don't know if that's good or bad, but <laughs> no, it's a good, it's good because uh, trust me, when people search for digital, I mean, like, well, obviously, people with a lot of followers come front, uh, you know, and also similar people, you know, with similar interest. Instagram shows Instagram is a very creepy place, you know, it shows things that you know, when people want to see, and sometimes they don't want to see, still they will show it to them. So, I think uh, it's, it's interesting. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing that you do it. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing that I want to ask is, this is like a common question that uh, I always encounter when people enter into podcasting. So the thing is, if you, you know, in our country, okay, we have this education system and everything. And when people study computer science or biology or science and everything, they kind of enter into an MBA or marketing. Okay. It's still two different streams, entirely two different streams. So it's like you did something like musicians and, you know, like product production and everything. And you jumped into podcasting. So, I mean, like, it's just really making you wonder, how do you make that transition? Because you said so yourself, you're a slow learner. Okay. And I clearly don't believe you on that <laughs> because you have achieved oh, so yeah. much and you have done a lot of things. Um, so, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, how do you do that transition when you believe that, that part, when you found that part on, the, on your Venn diagram, like, okay, this is something that we can click it on and can move forward. Like, how do you do that transition? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I believe me, like I am a slow learner and like the things that you see me do now, like the only reason I can do things very fast right now is mm-hmm. because I've spent so long doing them for other people. Like mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the slowest learner when it comes to, well, actually I, I am a slow learner. I just, I'm like 32. It's like, you know, if you, if, if I would have actually implemented what I really knew for all these years, it would have moved, who knows what it'd be like now. Yeah. But did you was the question like how do i transition from audio like music to podcasting yeah Yeah. so like i surround myself with like i just love interesting people right Mm -hmm. and i love stories i love i love crazy people like i'll be honest with you jeff i somehow i'm a very stable person and like the people that i enjoy spending time with are like the a little bit of the crazy people i think Mm -hmm. because like i don't have i like to keep my life pretty steady and like, I'll let other people be the wild ones. And so, you know, I've hung around musicians that have like crazy stories and are very creative people and have had success creatively. Um, and so I'd spend time with them in the recording studio mm-hmm. and the things that I was picking apart from them uh, mentally and the stories that they were telling is like the creative freedom they would have, mm-hmm. you know, and the things that how they would piece, to, like, I'm so curious about the creative process of how someone creates something and watching how these musicians would take something that I like I've been listening to they've been making music longer than I've been alive and then I'd watch them go from literally nothing to like a song that everyone likes yeah that just blows my mind and so how do they do that they just let themselves be open maybe they can create some constraints around that but that idea to me is so fascinating and how do we like learn and grow is through stories Mm. and that's and I'm just a information junkie anyways so podcasting was like okay i need a break from music let me listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and i'm like well you know doing on a on a music track if you had like 30 plus tracks go yeah. of different instruments 
And then you look at like, what's on a podcasting track. that's so simple, <laughs> you know? And like, again, yeah. like I'm like, uh, a still a bit of a slow learner. Like I, I would rather like, I would rather go to the fundamentals of what I'm learning and like podcasting really focuses on those audio fundamentals. Mm. And so when I talk to other people, they're just like, how do you do it? You know, like I was plugging in a phone from my grandma the other day, uh, like a house phone. She needed to get a different phone. One that was like corded because she'd mm -hmm. forget to put it on the stand. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I've never had a house phone, but like I'm plugging in a house phone for her. Um, not a cell phone. She doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have the internet. And like, she's like, did you go to school for this? Where did you learn this? You know, <laughs> yeah. how did you learn all this stuff? And I'm like, you know, just trying to be sweet, you know, I'm just like, no, it's just, you know, just born with it, you know, just that's kind of thing. And it's funny because uh, not that I was born with audio engineering or, or audio skills by any mm. means, uh, definitely learned a lot of trial and error, but that same thing of, you know, what, what seems like fundamentals to you or I, to other people are like, you know, wildly mind blowing of like, how do you make it sound so good? And it's like, oh, just a couple tweaks, but those couple <laughs> tweaks are a lot of trial and error. So yeah, it became like, a lot of a lot of trial and error, but also just oh, this is also way easier. Oh, mm -hmm. and it could be more lucrative than than trying to get a song out there. Yeah, and you don't have to struggle with like three or four other personalities in the band, and you don't have to try and get a label to help you with distribution. Like podcasting seems like the easiest way to make an impact mm. while like still reaching a large amount of people and still being able to make money. Like it has like all of the things you could want creatively yeah. mixed with like, with like the skills of like, oh, this is something pleasing to the ears too. You know, it's, it's so fun to me. Um, and I'm just like a podcast junkie too. I love listening to podcasts. So, um, well, I should say, I love subscribing to a lot of podcasts and listening to just a couple, you know, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. that I don't listen to, but I'll subscribe yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that because, you know, I, you, as a podcaster, there's a general saying that you should actually listen to a lot of podcasts, but I don't know why I, if I listen to a podcast, I will be like full on do at least 10 episodes straight on. I just binge it entirely yeah. uh, or else I would, I wouldn't listen at all. I, I'm not sure. It's just, um, as a podcast, when I started, when I studied marketing in my MBA, the one thing that, uh, opened my eyes literally is that I stopped trusting people. <laughs> I don't know why it's like when they say something nice to yeah. you, it's like, you know, they're trying to get something from you. That's kind of yeah. what the marketing taught me, but I mean, like, yeah. it's not uh, like every time, but it's just, uh, something that goes into the back of your head. It's like podcasting. It's yeah. Yeah. Like, I like, I, I know what you're talking about. And I think that like, that's a normal thing for people too, is like, they go, Oh, this person's trying to sell me something mm -hmm. and make money from being nice to me. And like, there is two truths to that. It's not yeah. like there's one truth that's more than the other because yes, but also like, once you start, I'm not saying you, I'm just saying like to the person <laughs> listening, once you meet someone that is nice and doesn't want anything from you, maybe like you can't even afford their services, or maybe you're not even their ideal target and they're still nice to you. Then you're like, you start believing like, oh, actually maybe there's just cool people out there who, yeah. you know, want to help people. And they're just like radiating like niceness and a service attitude, even though like they know you're not going to buy from them. Like to me, those people, that's like who I aspire to be that like, they're mm -hmm. just cool people. And if you happen to fall into the category of someone that could use their services, like that's the idea, you know, like that to me, that's yeah. like everything. Like um, people who are how they are on their podcast or Instagram, 
and they are like that in person. Like those are the people I want to hang out with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's really hard, isn't it? Like, because as a marketer, you will see a lot of things like, you know, you, you like the, if someone sits like does a hard sell, like for example, even as, even as a podcaster, like if someone wants you to bring on as a guest, uh, if it's like a big person, you either do it as two types, either you just say that, you know, this is my show. I love to, you know, to have you on my show. It's really great. Or some other person, what they do is that they just comment on them, like on it and uh, they keep on engaging. Then after that, they will just say, you know, Hey, I have been, you know, uh, listening to your show and you know, seeing your content. I would love to have you in the show. I mean, like in the marketing perspective, if you are trying to sell something, that's kind of my next question, you know, coming up for you regarding this Patreon and all this stuff, because that stuff is really, really something that I was, I, I never believed in, you know, creating a community like that. I never believed, but until I interviewed a couple of people regarding that. So the, the thing is like, yeah, there's a lot of things leading to that particular part of community or, you know, uh, doing the hard sales, but yeah, the, the main question I'm like trying to build here is that like, how do you monetize, you know, the podcast by using this Patreon, a lot of similar tools that you actually, uh, you know, showed in your, uh, PDF as well. And there's this new thing coming up as buy me a coffee. I mean, <laughs> this, but I mean, like I, when I saw that, I mean, like who would, why would anyone buy a domain name with buy me a coffee? <laughs> I really don't <laughs> understand the entire context of it. So yeah, please uh, I don't give have... me your ideas on that. <laughs> I don't have time for someone to buy me a coffee because like <laughs> I'm already drinking so much coffee as it is that like, I, unless you're buying me, a, I, like, I'm, I'm stocked on coffee. I'm good on coffee. All right. Like you don't need to buy me a coffee because I'm already jacked up on coffee and you know, like there's, um, it's too late for coffee. Uh, it's not too late for coffee. I've already, well, I could always use more coffee. Okay. I take that back. But, but, um, yeah, when it comes to like monetizing, I look at it like a, a bigger picture on like, well, first it's like, what's the end goal, right? If this is just a hobby, if this is just something you're doing, like in your spare time, like it, that's totally cool. Right. Mm. Some people can just have a podcast and it could just be about a topic they like it could be about poetry do they need to monetize everything personally i think they should i like to go like a little bit against the grain monetize it monetize it because anything worth doing to me is worth doing well and how you do something well is you get there's an energy exchange right and not to get like i'm not you know very um I don't know, not metaphysical, but like new age spiritual, but like, I think that there is a, a give and take a give and receive really. Um, and I think as you put more energy into what you're doing, it's only right that you receive something for that, you know, and that doesn't have to look like, you know, and that's different for everybody. If it's just a little podcast you throw together, well, and it doesn't take much time and you're not adding much value. Well, like, yeah, I wouldn't expect to add, I wouldn't expect to receive a bunch of value from something but and yeah you could just monetize on anchor and you know make a little bit of money um totally cool but as far as like if you have bigger aspirations and goals for that then it only makes sense that to receive more you know monetary wise you have to give more value and yeah you can give a lot of value in your podcast but one of the ways you can add additional value in more specific value is through something like Patreon or a premium subscriber, which I like to look at it like a monthly membership, right? And people like to overcomplicate everything when it comes to, you know, making money online and especially like monetizing. They're like, 
I, I don't know if it's because the word monetize isn't like something you use in everyday yeah. language, but like monetizing is just like making money. Right. Yeah. And as soon as you start talking monetize, it's like, well, how do I do that? Well, how do I, is everyone forgets the basics of yeah. the internet and it starts getting really complicated real quick. I don't know what you mean, Dylan. I can't, I, I can't just set up something for sale and someone can pay me. Like, uh, what do you mean? Like you just paid somebody else something for something you didn't need through an Instagram or a Facebook ad, you know, like, what do you mean? You can't tell me that you can't set up a link in less than five minutes to just accept money on something. So when it comes to like Patreon or premium subscribers, I like to look at it like monthly, like a monthly membership. And it's a very simple, depending on what your, your industry is, and it works for almost all industries, but you can map out like a year of, of content for just for your premium subscribers at a high level very easily. And it wouldn't cost you much more time or money uh, as one might think. And the trick for me is to explain that to people in a way that like they still can comprehend because again, like what I was just saying is like, when you say monetize, people are like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, (laughs) it is so simple. You can break it down. And it's not some Ty Lopez, look at my Ferrari in my garage thing, or like, it's not some tricky thing. It's literally just, let's look at how you could add additional value in people's lives. People pay a lot of money for a lot of garbage out there. And if you can add genuine value in people's lives, Mm -hmm. they will pay you. But the problem is not overcomplicating it. And then the problem or the solution is making it very simple so people can find you and people can give you money. Like stop making it 15 steps in a funnel to get people to give you money. Just make it one or two steps so they know exactly when they land on the page, who it's for, and how they can get the value from whatever you're giving. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I can really understand. You know, there are just a couple of things I just want to follow up on the entire thing is that. So number one is you mentioned a lot of times letting, you know, provide value or additional value and everything. Can you like define, uh, you know, in a single sentence, like what does this value mean? I think that's where people find it really hard to, you know, uh, like, you know, kind of defining it. So let's start from yourself. So what do you provide that people actually pay for and you set this as the value so what would you define your value as yeah um my value is like bad jokes and <laughs> drinking coffee um but besides <laughs> that besides that jeff um i help people essentially with two things right and i think it's at the end of the day what everybody is essentially searching for is to get more time and get more money right? If you can help people with those two things, I think that's basically at the end of the day, what people want. And I think, you know, so those are the two things that I help people with. And so what value I'm adding is helping people save time through the podcast creation process, Mm -hmm. because just because you make a podcast doesn't mean people will listen to it. There's a bit more that goes into it. It's not just like, Hey, record your audio and put it up. Some people you need to break it down that simply because their like mind is just going to overcomplicate it. So yeah record audio and put it up. That's the, and that's the basic thing, right? And you could just do that. And yeah, you could monetize it. But if you want to actually understand your audience and understand their pain that they're in and provide a solution, yeah, then you have to go a little bit deeper than that, you know? Um, and then when it comes to monetizing and like essentially the second part of what I was saying is helping people get more money is um, going deeper on like, if you were doing a premium 
subscriber model, what are the pain points your audience is in and how can you speak specifically, that's a tricky word right there. How can you speak specifically to those pain points through the services you're adding digitally in the premium subscribers? So that might look like downloads, uh, Q&A sessions, specific interviews around certain industry topics. And the thing is, you know, this happens, like, I love this conversation of like, of people will say, well, why would someone pay for that when they can find all the information online? Oh my God. <laughs> Tell me you know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I love that conversation. Like, um, and you know, yeah, I would a hundred percent pay for a lot of things that I can find online. I can Google anything. I am a great Googler, Jeff, and I will sign up for courses and things like that. Um, coaching, things like that, because they're going to save me time in the process. Like if yes, I can find out anything online on YouTube, like there's so much information, but to learn from a specific expert around a specific topic and it's all in one place and there's no fluff and there's no, like in the middle of it, you're going to sell me an ad about something else. I'm not distracted. Yeah. Like you're saving me time and money essentially because time is money. And when I'm in the course or I'm in your program, I know that I'm going from a clear path of A to B. And there's not going to be like another distraction that's going to pop up. That's going to be like, Hey, I'm learning how to podcast. Ooh. Also I should start a blog. Ooh, actually I need to become a better writer. Actually, maybe I need to fix my grammar. You know what? I should learn a new language. You know what? I've always wanted to learn Spanish. Maybe you want to start learning. And it starts like going down the path when you're trying to learn through YouTube. So when you can get that focused direction from an expert through their program, mm -hmm. I'm all about that. And that's why people will, hire you you know it's like mm. you're saving them a lot of pain along the way because whatever program or solution you have is helping them get laser focused results should be you know there's a lot of people out there that are um scamming or whatever like they're doing you know information they have no business talking about and those people weed themselves out they don't last very long and over a long enough timeline, the people that are actually adding value start to build a reputation of adding value and true value. And they, you can pretty much these days, you can go to someone's Instagram page and see like, is this person legit or is this person, you know, not, you know, yeah, um, just yeah. based on their engagement and like how they carry themselves. You can pick up on those things, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can already understand. You know, the one thing you mentioned about YouTube is uh, like from my two cents, the one thing I would say is the structure because structure is something that's not really that when it comes to learning from YouTube or Google. I mean, like even if you do a course, uh, I've seen a lot of courses where, you know, people will say, uh, don't worry, we will check about this uh, more later in the course, later in the course. I will note down that point, but it never comes later in the course. I don't know why is that. So I don't like know. Like they why. say yeah. in the YouTube videos. Uh, yeah, YouTube, like if yeah. they have a playlist, they will say that, you know, we'll check this later or even in the Udemy courses, there are lots of people out there and they will say that we will check this uh, content or this particular point later in the course. It's like, you know, in, yeah. in your school or college, they will say this chapter explains something that's already discussed in the previous class or something that's discussed, going to be discussed in the next chapters. It's kind of like yeah. that. So yeah, I yeah. think that can, I can agree. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you created an online course? I tried actually uh, one yeah. guy, one P I mean like one company approached me for the, uh, creating an online course for podcasting, but I just, you know, 
it is as a for podcasting i have searched a lot of online there are a lot of information out there it's kind of like scattered you know from ups and downs so even if i create a course i will be like nah am i scamming people there <laughs> like that's what i would feel it's, but that's that's like so i i have a course doing yeah. did you know i have a course yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah like and i i have like this is the first course i've made personally i've made mm. courses for other people um over the years but this mm. is the first course i've made and so like it's a different process when you go through it for yourself because you start like getting that imposter syndrome wondering yeah. do i know and have what it takes to help people mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i was talking at the beginning like what you have is like magic to other people like my plugging in the phone abilities for my grandma is like magic to her yeah same with podcasting and helping people clearly identify their audience and clearly see the steps to grow it and to make money from it that's mm-hmm. like magic to people to me, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is obvious. And as I start listing it out and then I'll watch it back, I'm like, whoa, this is actually simple. You know, this is simple once you lay it out, but it's not laid out anywhere. Everyone yeah. assumes that everything is so clear on the internet. And it's like, you got to have a secret cheat code to get to the information you want to be able to implement that information consistently and go from step A to step, you know, L of the whole alphabet you know um but yeah it is like a process of like i'm i am i scanning people do i know what i'm doing yeah. and then you lay it all out and then you have people go through the course and you're like oh my gosh this is actually did i put too much information should i made it simpler should i added just like i should i did too many videos i did like 30 i have like over 30 videos in my course some of them are like 45 minutes and some of them are like five to ten minutes based mm-hmm. on the knowledge that i need to transfer yeah. and as people have gone through it, I'm like, um, is this like, did I add too much? And then I'm like, no, this is the things they need to know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it went from like, do I know enough to say to, oh my gosh, I added too much. I'm overwhelming them, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. but it, there's a balance in there and everyone that goes through it is like at a different place and a different way of learning. So to appeal to each person is like at a certain point, it's out of your hands, hmm. but that's why I always suggest, especially for course creators, is to add an element to it where you can support people along the way because people are at different journeys and they'll always have questions about how it applies to them. So all courses, in my opinion, need like world-class customer support because without that, it's just like, then you get the Udemy thing. And if you type into the Udemy people, they're like, uh, did you try turning it off and turning it on again? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about because I'm not in the course, sir. You know, and it's like, that's why that's the other element of courses that probably isn't addressed enough is like the support you get with the course is very important. Yeah, that that's, I totally agree on because, you know, I actually started, you know, when I was doing podcasting, like full on fire, like, you know, started everything and stuff. I actually wanted to, you know, uh, write from top to bottom, like dissecting each and every single thing from choosing a name itself, because Previously, I had my podcast name as the Teen Whisperer Show. I mean, nice. imagine that's nothing relevant to podcasting, but that name actually brought me a lot of uh, uh, negative publicity. You know, people actually came and asked oh. me, like, I mean, like, what's the name of the show? I mean, like, I actually kind of do this trick where I record bonus episodes of the particular show. Uh, so the bonus episodes will contain people who are into business and all that stuff, but I specifically kind of interview models. Okay. Uh, people who are on models on Instagram or somewhere because they have a huge following. And one Mm -hmm. of my first episode got hundred listens from 
interviewing a model so i was like ah this is a nice way of doing it and even my youtube videos got hit because you know i interviewed a model so when i did that one model asked me like what is his name teen whisperer so it's something like creepy i mean like are you sure you are doing what you are doing is right so i there a lot <laughs> of issues were going on with that and uh, you know even people were intrigued by that name but later on i kind of realized and okay this is try to change his name because you know something later in the podcast let's have it there are a lot of people who said it like okay this is try dumb and yeah it it, it went well uh, this name really went well and everything and uh, so yeah i think from the name part itself i wanted to dissect why i started writing on the doc later on i like you like you said i got this impostor syndrome like you know am i giving enough value or is it like okay to do this am i worth enough to do it and all that i just just stopped it maybe maybe in the future i may take it up again but i guess yeah. I, it, it again depends on a yeah, uh, yeah. lot of things but yeah yeah i think like uh, second guessing almost all of the steps is like a natural thing i think mm-hmm. we think that we like to think that no one that is doing anything successful on a big level is second guessing any other steps and the yeah. truth is everyone is like is this the right thing i should be doing there's no clear path other than like just taking a step forward like i've met with very influential people mm-hmm. and at the they're workshopping ideas and things like that with other people and getting feedback and we need that feedback as humans like we don't operate alone like tribally we don't operate operate alone and yeah. so to think that like someone out there just has the clear path like i don't believe for a second Elon Musk or Mark Cuban like these huge entrepreneurs don't have a support or feedback system built into what they're doing where they go I'm thinking about this is this a good idea like Elon Musk the one thing that bugs me about him which I know is what you asked me you said what is the one thing that bugs you about Elon Musk I'm just kidding um <laughs> uh but like he he doesn't you know shout and not that he needs to but he doesn't shout out like his team that much like people always go Elon Musk Elon Musk but like all of the engineers and the people that are supporting all of the ideas he has mm-hmm. they don't get a ton of shout outs in in the press in a way you know and so making sure you have that feedback and support in your life is like huge you know yeah yeah i mean yeah i think it depends on a lot of people because <laughs> you know i think elon musk is the one person which you know he said that you can actually find everything on the internet for free like yeah. you know anything and you know he mentioned everything so yeah again <laughs> i guess it only really depends on from from person to person on that perspective so yeah, yeah. wow yeah. <laughs> we we were totally gone off the top but it was really great because the course creation i actually never actually thought of asking but yeah i think that one point we need to you know address a lot from this so uh, coming you know just following up on the course creation part uh you know i kind of want to ask like we need to build an effective email list because other things we need to have a lot of cost involved as well you know for example instagram stories you know running ads and everything i think you also started helping people with their email marketing uh, you know while you were starting out so like do you have any particular tips on or you know just an effective way to make sure that you can build an email list that's good for your podcasters yeah yeah so the term that a lot of people aren't familiar with um but is is the fundamentals of email marketing is this thing called a lead magnet which essentially a lead magnet is something that attracts someone to exchange an email for a valuable piece of information right mm-hmm. and some people will use that as like a download or access to some special thing that your audience would find valuable 
like an example of a lead magnet is I created this resource with over 240 tools and resources, mostly of mostly free in exchange for an email address, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I could just put them up on a website, but I know that anyone who's needing those tools and resources, there's more help they need. And I can help them with those things because they're looking for something that I have expertise on. So they enter their email, they get the 25 page guide I put together Mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of value in there, right? A lot of value. And that's the easiest way to build an effective email list from scratch is create a lead magnet, create a web page that says, Hey, here's this thing you want. Just enter your name and email and I'll send it right away to you. Hmm. Then you start building your email list. Once they're on your email list, you have to nurture them. You have to keep adding value. And a lot of times people will be like, okay, I got their email. Now I can sell them something. And it's not really the case. I like to look at it more long-term and long-term being like many months plus like three, four, five, six plus months. And it's really just about adding value. I know that the more value I add, the more that someone will know if they're a right fit for my program or not. Mm -hmm. So they can self-select into it. I don't do any like hard sales with people. So if they want in, they can join in, but either way, I'll still be adding value. And that's essentially how an email list works. You got your lead magnet and you just keep adding value through email over time and include some type of offer so they can take a next step with you. So in the form of a podcast, what would that look like, right? Well, if you had a podcast about podcasting, then you could create some type of podcaster starter guide download, right? Someone enters a name and email, they get the podcast starter guide, and it's just a PDF download you put together. Again, simple and valuable for someone just starting out. They get on your email list. You send them emails on tips for starting all of the questions. You answer all the questions that a beginner would have. And in those emails, you include a little call to action at the end of it. So they get the value, but then also, Hey, if you want to take the next step for my podcaster Academy, here you go. Here's the link. Love to have you simple as that doesn't need to be complicated. Um, if you had something about, you know, I see like health coaches are like a common one, same thing. Like if, if it was more specific for health coaches, like maybe you helped other health coaches, it could be like a health coaches starter guide, things you need to know when you're just starting in the industry, you know, same thing, same idea. They enter the name and email, but what you could also do as you start to get uh, email list is let people know when something's new. Like a lot of people think that they're spamming someone when they release a new episode. And that's like the biggest like uh, drives me a little crazy is like, like if they release an episode every week or every other week, they're like, you know, how do I tell people about it? And it's like, all you got to do is email them. All you got to do is say, Hey, we got a new episode out and here is the value in the episode. So they get more value if they listen to the episode, but they still got value just by reading the email itself, because there's something you talk about in the episode that your audience would find valuable. So you can add that in the email itself. So you're nurturing them that way too. And the call to action then, like how before, like the call to action was to like a product or service, you could just add the call to action is to listen to the episode. Mm -hmm. So that would be an effective way to nurture your email list. Um, But yeah. And then also, you know, another idea for as far as lead magnet goes, you could just simply, you know, have another page that says like, Hey, I'll email you new episodes, my podcast. Again, simple is always better. 
than trying to make it some clever process. So if you had a podcast about true crime documentaries or something, and you haven't even made it yet, but you could say, get on the wait list type thing, right? You can build anticipation for it by just collecting emails now. Like you don't actually have to have a podcast that's launched to begin an email list. You could start at any point at any time. Yeah, I think at one point I really, you know, uh, people, a lot of people are doing it. It's a starter, uh, you know, podcast started back. Mostly the people will actually uh, give as checklist. So that's yeah. something that they will yeah. ask you. They said that, you know, uh, get this podcast checklist and it will be highly useful. Then, you know, you'll be able to, um, you know, just, just do things to, accordingly. So I think that's yeah. one part people uh, kind of use that. So, which is like a save the time thing, you know, like <laughs> save time or save money yeah. or, you know, um, and if you're saving time, you're making more time for other things. And if you're saving money, you're making more money for something else. And checklists do great at that. Like they help people, they shorten that learning curve, right? Mm. Everyone needs a checklist. Everyone is running processes for every single thing they do. And a checklist is a great way of illuminating that and showing like what the pros do. Like if I was wanting to become a, a Olympic level swimmer and some swimmer was like, here's my checklist before I get in the pool. I'd be like, yeah, let me read that, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Ah, these dogs. <laughs> they just, oh, just showed good. exactly during the time when I'm about to start this business. That's why they're kind of irritating me. I'm trying to do something. It's not working. <laughs> ah, yeah. That was good. Well, anyways, so yeah, that's really a great take on uh, the email list. I think uh, I, I actually interviewed one person uh, who actually kind of uh, scale their podcast. They actually have cooking show on the podcasting and they kind of scale their podcast using the emails only. Uh, they got around two lakh email subscribers and uh, they were like going from like, it was rocket, you know, speed and it just went away. So yeah, I think uh, that's really an important thing to look after. Now, this is something that a lot of people kind of really struggle is like to be making the best out of podcasting. A lot of people do the podcasting, but uh, they'll be like, you know, it's like you're trying to study something, but you're just reading, not remembering it. You know, it's kind of like people do all, uh, like that all of the time. So some of the productivity tools you also mentioned uh, in, you know, in your guide as well. I just want to ask like, how important are they? Do we need to take that into consideration on, uh, you know, like this productivity tools or it's just, it's like, you know, there are a lot of stuff out there, right? People will say that, you know, productivity is not like a big thing. You know, you need to be logical, you need to be rational and all stuff is that. So what's your take on that? Just want to ask on that. Yeah. I mean, my take is, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning, like that I, I do a lot and maybe I'm not a slow learner. <laughs> I, I keep bringing that up. I know, but yeah. like the truth is I'm lazy. I'm lazy, Jeff. And I do a lot and it looks like I do a lot and people don't even see all the stuff I do because not everything is like in one place. If you saw what I actually do, you'd be like, how the heck does he do all this stuff? And the truth is I'm lazy. I rely on a lot of systems and those systems, like I have things that trigger that remind me to do stuff at certain times. My life is still has a lot of freedom and it has a lot of fun and room for creativity, but I rely on certain systems and tools. And those are what helped me get everything done. And I know that the more I just keep chugging along is the things what I want will grow. And if the truth is, even if I had, you know, an even bigger chance to make an impact with a bigger audience, I would still be relying on the same tools because those tools are what got me to the, it will get me to the next level. Mm -hmm. And they're going to keep helping me just 
because they're simple. So like, I'm a big fan of productivity and productivity tools in general, mainly because they help me clear my mind. Like, I don't want to think about like the stress of upcoming appointments. So what do I do? Each time I have an appointment, it's in my calendar. So that's just the simple, you know, obvious one. And if I think that I might forget it, I probably will forget it. So I'll set a little reminder in my phone and an additional reminder that says, Hey, remember you have a podcast with Jeff. And, I, and then, you know, I'm like, I'll never forget that. But you know what pops up like an hour before the podcast with Jeff is a reminder that says, Hey, you have a podcast with Jeff. I go, yes. Cause I totally was spacing out. I was creating yeah. content this morning and I wasn't in the space. I wasn't thinking about calendars, but I had something that pop up. And so I'm very mindful of notifications and things like that, because that can get cluttered, but simplifying the whole thing and relying on what works for you is the key to having any type of productivity in your life. But productivity mm-hmm. is there, whether you want it to be there or not, you know, um, yeah. and how that is for everybody is different. Not everybody is just like how everyone goes through an online course, you know, not everyone goes through with the same experience. So mm-hmm you know, what works for me doesn't work for everybody. And that's why I like in that guide, I like to list a bunch of different tools because if you're not feeling like your productivity systems are optimized, then, you know, mess around with a couple and see what works. It took me a little bit of time to figure out like, oh, I only really need a couple apps in my life to capture ideas, to add to my to-do list in a way that doesn't make me feel overwhelmed, but also helps me get stuff done. And like, that's really it. Like I need to just capture ideas and to do's and, and from there I can like be extra productive and the moments that I do and sticking to a calendar, you know, um, the calendar to me is everything. Um, cause it just kind of tells me where I need to be. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean skipping from one task to the next. It might just mean, you know, Hey, for this hour, you're going to do whatever the heck you want, you know, <laughs> and yeah. that's cool too. Yeah, I think I think this more comes to people where it's kind of an one man show. Uh, I mean, like this is where it's really, really important because uh, if yeah. you're having a team and even for a team, it's extremely important. But uh, that's a possibility that, you know, someone can remind you that, you know, this is supposed to be happen. I know I'm doing this and all that. You know, I have like people of team of six or six and seven, six or seven. Sometimes it's just on and off. And it's really hard. It's like I wake up around 630 in the morning, you know, get uh, ready and everything. And I sit and, you know, there'll be like separate tabs on my laptop. It says calendar, uh, Gmail and uh, Trello and Slack. Everything will be open on. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I had sit and, you know, coordinate all those things. So I think even for podcasts, there are a lot of tools out there. Even some people use Trello for, you know, scheduling or, you know, having the stuff, uh, you know, what are things to come on next. So, yeah, I think uh, even running a one-man run, when you're running one man show, that's even hard. Like, you know, you have to rely yeah. entirely yeah. on your systems and procedures to make sure that it works out for you. Otherwise, you know, you will definitely be uh, in the, you know, in the issues. So yeah, yeah. I think I that's think, why, mm-hmm. that's why I love like when people are like, I don't know if I want to monetize my podcast. I'm like, even if you just, just monetize it. So you don't have to do all the tasks associated with it. So you can yeah. outsource the editing that you don't want to do, or you can don't have like, who really loves like editing all their podcast audio? Like I, I have an audio background and I'm not like, Ooh, I get to edit the audio. Like, 
you know, yes. Okay. Maybe once in a while, that's kind of fun, mm. but like over time, like, no, I don't believe anybody that's like, I want to edit every episode audio while I'm recording it and creating the show notes and making sure that it has all the correct tags and the right title. And then for the promotion and then finding more guests, like, <laughs> no, there's like monetize it. So you can outsource those things. So you can actually yeah. just focus on creating the content if nothing else. And yeah, of course it earn additional income, but like um, just monetize it so you can like make it more fun for you, you know, like, sorry, a little related, but just <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> my brain, that's my brain, Jeff. <laughs> I think, I think though, as, as a podcast is, I mean, like, trust me, I can completely relate to it. It's because when I appear on someone as a show, that's like, I, they, they obviously ask me to answer everything in two and a half minutes or three minutes, let's say, and it, <laughs> it, and it doesn't end it in that way. It's just, uh, you know, just even though I have, I have around like, um, you know, on and off four years of, you know, in the field of podcasting, doing people talking and everything, not in a streamlined way, but at least in a way of talking to other people. And, uh, you know, there's lots of things to say, a lot of things that you come across that you could actually say that. And uh, it's good. It's good that, uh, you know, our brains are wired that way. Yeah. And that's why we kind of stand out in each and every single platform that we kind of go after. And yeah. Um, yeah, I can totally agree on the point when, you know, the audio production, when you mentioned that, you know, you are with, one with the music background, so you'll be able to interest. And you are like, you're, you're a guy who edited with the instruments, like this much amount of layers in a particular production. I mean, like, this is like, it's so little. There's yeah. like one, <laughs> two tracks, like, you know, like there's not much going on there, yeah. um, but it's still time consuming. And it's still yeah. something that like, you know, it has to, it, your attention has to go there. And when you're doing everything, just like if you were moving a house, for example, it's so slow by yourself. If you have a couple of people helping you, you get done in half the time or less. And that's like, just like anything you want to do. If you have an idea, it's like you do it by yourself. You're going to go, you know, a certain speed and every person you add should be helping increase the speed of the process. It, it might slow it down in the beginning, but over time, it should multiply your efforts when you get help to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that that I agree. Because even I kind of like, I was doing the audio editing and everything, but <sighs> damn, wasn't it such <laughs> such an idyllic place? Because, you know, I, I was trying to maintain four, four different podcasts. Okay, I was doing the production of four different podcasts. I kind of organized and managed everything. And it was really hectic uh, to do the video production and audio production and the graphics and everything and stuff. It was really, you know, and uh, if, even if I, I focused on only one, I would have, you know, properly monetized it. And later on, I would have, you know, done something about it. So, yeah, I think, I think that's one thing a lot of people need to consider is that uh, some people think that, you know, I don't trust my audio with someone else. That's fine. But it's not like if you just screw it up with one particular, like two, 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 something like that, screwing up, that doesn't mean that your entire audio is going to be like, you know, no one's going to do that. So yeah. I yeah, think that's, and, yeah. You, and that just like becomes like a thing of like, you have to, yeah. If I just blindly give someone an audio and I go like, Oh, they're going to screw it up. We'll have a copy of it too. Like, so you're mm -hmm. not giving them the original, but also like give them clear instructions when you delegate and outsource something people need to be given clear instructions on what exactly you want, because you could get anything back. Yeah. They probably will screw it up. If you didn't tell them what to do exactly. People love when they have like certain guardrails of here's what I want you to do. And I don't care about if you take out all the ums, the us, or the curse words, I literally just want you to take mm -hmm. the beginning and end and add in these things. Like 
that's way different than like someone just going, well, I'll optimize this and I'll spend 18 hours fixing this audio. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, someone could do that, but it's probably not needed. But if they don't know that, they'll probably do that. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, because I got this guy, uh, he's, he's the podcast host of the Millennial Entrepreneur, I think I forgot the name. So it's kind of something that rhymes to that. His name is Sina. And, uh, you know, he kind of like uh, gave this sheet where he explains very clearly, Excel sheet where very, very clearly, like each and every single point, what needs to be done, where the denoise or the, you know, the noise reduction, everything needs to be added was so, so detailed. So I think yeah. that's where you kind of like, even though it's like you're hiring someone still, you kind of give them details. So it will make the work easy and fast. So I think that's yeah. a, a great point that we have to make it forward as well. So, yeah. yeah uh, so coming to the one of the, you know, uh, final you know aspects of this uh, entire episode is, so I just want to ask like uh, this podcasting websites, Okay, this is something that's been really bugging me for a long time. I mean, like a lot of people say that you need to have a podcast website because it will help you with the SEOs and everything and stuff. So for me, if you try Jeff's Podcast Academy or something, the first thing that might come on top is my LinkedIn page. Because I have made it sure that my LinkedIn page shows up when someone talks about Jeff's Podcast Academy or some Indian hosting platforms or Indian listening platforms will be coming on top. I don't think a lot of websites, even if I have one, would come on top or not. So it's a lot of work in their stuff. So my simple question is, is it required? Is it is a website required? And now this is I'm asking for people who want to monetize, who want to do something, you know, out of the podcast, not like for the hobby or for sake. But yeah, yeah. so that that's like the important thing that's bugging me for a long time. Yeah, I, I think it's not required. I think it's recommended. And I'll tell you why is because it gives you more control. When you have control, you can guide the user experience, the listener experience in a way that you can't always do without a website, right? So what does a website or podcast website offer? It offers you the ability to customize things more, right? It doesn't have to be the most complex thing. I am a fan of SEO and I'm not at the same time. I think that there's like, a lot of hype around it. And I think it's just like anything on the internet, you can get extremely focused on it and then lose sight of the bigger picture because you're so focused on like, I want to be at the top of the search results instead of like, how can I make the best content and serve people, you know? And everything I've learned about SEO is there's a mix of the two. It's optimizing certain keywords and it's optimizing content that actually people are looking for in a natural organic way because Google wants people to, you know, though you're going to favor people that, are just helping people that people like their information. And how do you help people and like their information is you just give them exactly what they want. It's not some certain tactical strategy. Yeah, maybe there's certain strategies, but those also people are like usually marketer people who, you know, it's like, I don't, not, not my type of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think a, a website helps because it helps with the listener, right? Like to me, the benefits of a website is like, people listen to podcasts on all sorts of different platforms, right? Some mm -hmm. people listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast. There's so many different types of players, right? And if you have a website and they go to your page and they can listen on the page and there's some show notes, some brief show notes, and it says all the links for exactly where to listen to, 
that's so easy because people make their podcast so hard to find. They're like, you know, yeah, just here's to listen to the podcast. And I'm like, I don't listen to podcasts on that player. So mm. now I have to open up another app to then search for your podcast and your podcast name is millennial entre something. And I have to now search through all the other millennial entre somethings to hopefully find yours. Mm-hmm. Those, all those steps create like a missed opportunity of me just going to your website and going, Oh, I opened it in Spotify and I hit follow. Yeah. That's done. You know? So it makes it easier for people to find you it. And I think that's about it, whether it's through a Google search result, like SEO style, or it's just as simple as, Hey, click this link to listen to the podcast. And they go to one page where then they can choose like what platform they're going to. Mm-hmm. Because if you just say, listen to my podcast and it opens up Apple podcast. I mean, not, I don't know. I know like 30% of my people in my life listen to Apple podcasts. The rest mm-hmm. are on different apps. So just based on, you know, what I've seen in person, like assuming that someone listens on one platform is a little bit um, naive to the listener experience. So I think the benefit of websites would be that essentially making it findable um, through social media, through like simple links, just like how people have link in bio, like are the um, link tree thing on their website or their Instagram bio. And it links up like all the things it should be like that with podcasts, like episode, whatever, listen on this thing, listen on this thing, listen on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great point because, uh, yeah, like finding everything in one place. I mean, like if you're offering a couple of more things than just listening, you know, to your episode, I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, in the field of podcasting. Uh, Dylan, thank you so much again for coming on to the show. It really means a lot. We have shared a lot of amazing stuff. Uh, so if people want to find you, you know, the guides and also the your courses, uh, please let me know where you can find. I'll definitely link them in the below, but, you know, just for reference, please let us know. Yeah, a digital podcaster on on all the big platforms. Instagram is where I'm spending a lot of my content time these days just because it's fun making um, videos pointing to stuff. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, digitalpodcaster.com um, and digitalpodcaster on Instagram are my main two uh, places where I'm hanging out. And I love when people say hi. I'm super active on Instagram with chatting it up with people. So come by and say hi there. And uh, yeah, let's keep the convo going about podcasting because I think it's a bigger, it's a bigger combo yeah. than just podcasting. It's sharing your message, you know? Um, like I would have never known about Backstreet Boys, your love for Backstreet <laughs> Boys. Had we not done this podcast together now, I yeah, feel like I know you better. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, I'll definitely send you and follow and I'll, I will download and keep it in my home that, you know, one day <laughs> that'll happen for me. You know, I can, yes. but yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'm gonna learn. Uh, I'm gonna learn. I want it that way now, just uh, later today, and um, so I, I can play that next time for you. <laughs> sure, sure. That that would be totally. I mean, I'll be honored for that for sure. Yes. Awesome. awesome. So, uh, Dylan, thank you so much again for hopping on to the show to talk about podcasting yeah, and those you know amazing helpful tools as well. So, podcasters, uh, that's it. We are wrapping up the show. Uh, I have given every link in the description below to check out the content relating to digital podcaster. Uh, aka Dylan. So if you'd like to know more about Just Podcast Academy and learn the nuances in the field of podcasting, then you can connect with me on uh, LinkedIn at Jeffrey Bubu DJ or follow Instagram handle uh, Podcast for Podcasters or Jeff's Podcast Academy. Thanks again, folks. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.